today and welcome to this week's version of Behind the Scenes podcast here at North Raleigh United Methodist Church, where we sit down and discuss the upcoming sermon that the church will be talking about on Sunday. I'm Kevin Van Hall. I'm acting as your moderator today. And joining me as usual is our associate pastor here at North Raleigh, Alex Parker. Good day, Alex. Hey, good to, good, to, good to be with you, Kevin. Great to have you. And a special guest today, part of our youth ministry, or, or we have our uh, associate director of youth ministry, Daniel Brown, joining us today. Say hi, Daniel. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Thanks for joining us. This coming Sunday is graduation Sunday, where we recognize all the youth that are graduating high school this year. And Daniel is actually going to be teaching. This will be happening at the 1115 uh, service. He's going to put on a, a sermon at that time. But the traditional, the early morning of uh, 830, 945, we'll be working on this is also Trinity Sunday for the church. And there'll be a discussion about the whole Trinity. How everyone loves us. Everyone's favorite subject, isn't it? <laughs> we'll see it's, what we it's, uh, it's real easy to understand all of that, right? That's one right. And three. That's right. <laughs> one Sunday, one. you can have it all. There you go. So as we move forward, now we are past the whole, I don't know, Easter, resurrection. Jesus has gone through ascension. Last week was Pentecost. He promised the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit finally came upon the apostles. We went through that discussion and sermons last week. So now we're moving off into a summer session. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit off subject today, off the regular uh, lectern uh, for the Methodist Church. Um, we're going to be talking today in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through five. But before we uh, start, uh, Alex, can you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Yes, let's pray. Good and gracious God, we are thankful for your word. As John Wesley says, all that is necessary for salvation is contained in the scriptures. May we handle it with care. May we be humble in our interpretations. And most importantly, may we let it speak to us rather than trying to speak for it. God, um, speak to us anew by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we said this is uh, a little bit out of the uh, regular, um, I don't know, what, what do you want to call this, Alex? Lectern, um, yeah. We're like the church. We talked about this before. It's where we give, uh, the, well, I don't know how to explain this. Let you go ahead and explain so we, we have a three-year cycle. It's called the lectionary. We go through years A, B, and C. We got really creative with the nomenclature there. But every every um, Sunday through a three-year period has an Old Testament lesson, a psalm lesson, a gospel uh, lesson, and an epistle lesson. So uh, it's a framework, okay? So you think about it when you build a house, you have to have a framework, but doesn't necessarily tell you what the inside has to look like. That's what the lectionary is like. It's a framework. It's a foundation that the hope is after three years. We haven't gone through the entire Bible, but we've gone through the major themes of the Bible. Uh, so that's what the lectionary is. You don't have to use it in the Methodist Church. Uh, we typically do use it here at North Raleigh for the reasons I just spoke about. But there are times when we go off lectionary and, and because this Sunday 
Uh, Daniel will be preaching for us, and he'll say more about that. We want to have the freedom for him to choose his own passage, so he has chosen the Romans passage. Well, there you go. He has chosen the Romans passage. So, Daniel, why? Why Romans chapter 5? Romans 5, it, it's something that, uh, by the grace of God, has popped up for different moments of teaching with our youth, whether in our Sunday school hour during Student Breakfast Club or even in um, an impromptu high school lesson. And it, it's just something that I feel like even still as a, as a mid 20 year old, I'm still working on grasping the idea of justification by faith and, and the grace that comes from that. And it's, um, it, it's hard enough as a, as a student right now to kind of traverse what life is like, especially as an individual, as a Christian and what that looks like as a follower of Christ to even just go to school every day or, or go into class every day, what it looks like to share the gospel and, and preach the gospel. And as St. Augustine said, and sometimes use words. <laughs> um, but this, I think, is a great passage to kind of envelop the journey of what it looks like to be um, a, a Christian in today's era. Because we, we look at it and it's it's saying all of these words that bring restfulness, that bring joy, that bring um peace is specifically in here and excellent yeah i I think it it fits well with what our students have been learning all year and it fits well with the transition from pentecost into well what's next the holy spirit is provided then what great great well we're we're getting ahead of ourselves i guess we should go ahead and read the passage to all of our listeners here alex can you go ahead and read uh verses uh one through five for us please Yes, this is Romans 5. Again, we use the NRSV. I've gotten questions about that. If you're trying to follow along, that is the New Revised Standard Version. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks. Praise be to God. All right. Well, Alex, you picked it, and you've already started your reasoning behind it. What you saw in there, and I'd have to say the same words jumped out to me the first time I read it. Um, justified by faith. What do you? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Justification is a fancy word. The way I think about it, the the way that we think about it as Wesleyans, as Methodists, is uh, it's another word for pardon, uh, forgiveness. That justification, and I think. You could prove this when you read through the book of Romans is all about um, being put back into a right relationship with God. That something has gone fundamentally wrong, namely sin, depravity, and justification is assurance of forgiveness that is based in the righteousness of God. Uh, That's how I would talk about it. To simplify things, uh, and Daniel can certainly add to this, it is a gift. It is mm-hmm. a gift. 
Paul talks about this elsewhere, that we are saved by faith through grace through faith alone so that no one can boast. That's Ephesians chapter two. So justification is a gift. It's another word for pardon. It's an assurance of our forgiveness. True. So Daniel, is that your point of emphasis in this verse? Is there something else that you see there? A big thing that, that stuck out to me is the the peace. We, we witness uh, in different parts of the gospels, Jesus providing peace when there's nothing but calamity. Uh, I'll, I'll speak very briefly on Sunday about Jesus calming the storm and and the disciples are all sitting there saying, you know, we're, <laughs> what's going on? You know, why haven't you already saved us? Why, why, why are we waiting now? You know, what, what took you so long? And we, we can talk a lot about the theology behind God's timing, but Jesus providing the answer of, well, you know, why are, why are you afraid? Where's, where is your faith? Where is your belief in in the goodness that I have for you? And specifically for our graduating seniors, part of part of the joy of, of this upcoming Sunday is celebrating all that they have done to help further the ministry through our youth group and, and further their own understanding of the gospel and their own understanding of who Christ is and who he calls them to be and how he calls them to live it out. But also the question arises, what's next? What, what do we expect life to look like? And I think a big part of what I want to, to focus on with our students this upcoming Sunday is this journey of boasting in suffering. We're, we're taking joy in our weakness because that weakness produces that endurance, produces character, produces hope. And, and something even more pointed is in our weakness, we do rely on how strong Jesus is and we, we can boast and we can be very proud in our weakness because it does create reliance and it create creates this sense of peace when we know that we are not enough. Right. Well, to give our listeners a little backstory here, we've talked about it a little bit, but let's explain it for just a section second here. We are in Romans and we mentioned Paul. So this is, we call it the book of Romans. Actually it's a letter written by Paul, believed on his third missionary trip to the young church in Rome. So this is written to the the young Christian group that's developed, the young church that's developed in Rome. And during this time, it's not a good time to be a Christian. We got to remember the early church, there's a lot of persecutions going on, uh, Rome especially. Um, So a lot of this is can be done in secret. You didn't necessarily want to boast that you were a Christian. So you're going to be underneath the thumb of the Roman Empire. Um, and therefore, it's not exactly great. Um, we talk about uh, rejoice in our sufferings is what I have in my book. Some people say boast. So there's going to be some suffering. So Paul is actually trying to lift up the young church and explain to them what's going on. So going on, I just said that my book, my version says rejoice. That's kind of hard, isn't it, to sit there and be glad that you're suffering? I mean, how do you explain that one, Daniel, to the youth or Alex, even to just a regular congregation? It's a hard thing to 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 translate. It's a hard thing to to teach someone to rejoice in. Uh, you could say in suffering. You could say in in trauma. You could say in uncomfortability. 
and, and our students that are going off to college are going to experience nothing but that over the next six months. And it's, it's a hard thing to teach. It's, it's difficult to teach, lean into the uncomfortable, lean into um, this reshaping and remolding. And especially coming out of uh, coming out of COVID, we spent so much time figuring out where our comfort zones were and where our happy places were. And now our students are, are having to not only redefine that for themselves, but almost step into the suffering intentionally or unintentionally. It's, it's a hard thing to teach. It's a hard thing to even put into practice as an adult, I would say, because we are not developed from our own individual pride. We're not developed to, um, to put ourselves in positions to fail. We, we desire to be good at stuff. We desire to look good in front of others. We desire to have that self-pride and that self-reliance. And that's not the point. The, the point is tearing down our own pride and tearing down our own reliance and relying solely on Christ. For It is through him that we have this grace. It is through him that we, we have this faith that leads to freedom, that leads to peace. So you, you put it out there the same way that Paul does as encouraging our youth to continue. It's going to be okay. It's going to build character. But Alex, this passage was used a lot in the early and like even the 19th, 20, early 20th century churches as justification for slavery and punishment. Um, you rejoiced in your suffering. It's building your character. It's, it's good for you. Um, how do you, how do you explain that, um, that reasoning or that justification that some of the people used um, in those early days. Yeah. Yeah. So look, uh, let, let, let's zoom the lens out. I'm not trying to be evasive, but it's a good question. Uh, I, I tell people that there are not, when it comes to hot button issues, there are not anti-slavery or slavery passages. There are not pro-women or anti-women preacher passages. <clears throat> there are simply passages and the interpretation is up to us. So, yes, this passage has been used to justify things like slavery. Um, we'll, we'll have to talk about this in another podcast. I'll take a, a controversial position here. Uh, I believe that the Bible is the word of God, but Jesus is the word of God, as in John 1, the word, capital W. So when I interpret scripture, I have to ask myself, is this a interpretation that Jesus would be on the side of? And so when it comes to difficult parts in the Bible, uh, Jesus is sort of the, the hermeneutical lens. The way that I view the Bible is through the person of Christ. So to answer your question on slavery, yes, you could use this passage in that way. But do I think that's consistent with the work and person of Christ? No. And Colossians tells us, uh, when we have seen Christ, we have seen the Father who is invisible. So we need to talk more about that on a different podcast, but uh, I would be weary of trying to proof text the Bible in such a way that leads to the dehumanization of God's good creation. That's my short answer. Well, I mean, it's a good answer. I think Paul's intention was to mention the trials and tribulations that we're going to go through in this life um, is 
is not to bring us down, but in the end, once you persevere, it can actually build character. But he's also talking about trials and tribulations may be put forth to us and by the elements or even by God, not necessarily harsh punishment by other humans. And so we need to stay on that. And then it also leads to character and hope. How does how does sufferings or trials or tribulations bring us hope, Daniel? Well, it's a it's a process. I, I think um, most of life is most of our walks, even though our walks with Christ look different. They're all this process of of breaking down and building up, and breaking down and building up, um, and that building up comes really only through Christ placing Himself within us and us, you know, leaning into that. But it's, I think it's it's not so much about building. A faith, this suffering and, and this character and this hope is not about um, building a faith so strong that no one can harm it. But it's 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 about producing something, and it's about providing ourselves with enough resources and and learning through the suffering and and figuring out our own daily habits through the suffering that produces that endurance, and it's providing something that can't be touched, not by our own power, but but learning and, and putting ourselves in situations and positions that allows us to be untouchable, not by our own power. And it, it I, I just love the idea of not creating something that's so perfect, no one can harm it, because suffering will still exist. Suffering will still happen. And if we desire to uh, live a life without suffering, then we're leaning into a lack of reality. We're, learn- we're leaning into... Um, a, a lack of acknowledgement of sin in the world. Right. And then it continues on to give us love through the Holy Spirit. Alex, your favorite part of the Trinity. Holy yeah. Spirit doesn't get enough attention. That's we right. always talk about God and Jesus. We never talk about the Holy Spirit. So how do you pour, how does the Holy Spirit pour out the love? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right, Kevin. I, that has been my criticism of contemporary Christian music, that it's all about me and Jesus. But there is the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter. Um, you know, for me, it, it's nothing magical, dare I use that word. In my life, Kevin, uh, the Holy Spirit is something that I have to think about retroactively in the sense of, let me give you a tangible example. I met Duke Lackey, our senior pastor, seven years ago, okay? I had no idea then that I would be his associate pastor now. So in the moment, the Holy Spirit was at work. My recognition of it or lack thereof isn't the fault of the Holy Spirit. And so I think looking backwards, I can say, man, God was at work in that situation to prepare me for this relationship that now has come to a matriculation and excuse me, me serving here at North Raleigh. And so that's how the Holy Spirit works for me. I wish I could tell you there was more of these aha moments. I've had a few of them, but by and large, I recognize the Holy Spirit is, wow, you were working in my life even when I couldn't, didn't have eyes to see. Danny, did you have an aha moment by chance or just something more subtle that you felt the Holy Spirit at work in your life? Yes, I, I was actually having a conversation with 
a random stranger at a party on Sunday. It was a it was a gathering of um, other Christians from 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 all over for a coworker of my mom's. It, it's a wild story of many different levels of how we got there. But I was just having a conversation with another believer, and we were talking about how for most believers that grow up in the church, it's not so much of a, there is this moment that changed my life. There is this moment that turned me towards Christ entirely. It's a, it's a series of moments that we can't even define, but all the while the Holy Spirit is being poured into our hearts. All the while it's, it's just this steady stream of God providing his, his love and his peace and his grace and his guidance to us through the Holy Spirit. Um, that we don't even recognize until we find ourselves in a position like myself leading youth now, leading members of our congregation this Sunday into diving into the word. It, it, it's it's a path and it's a journey that if you had told me five, six years ago, I would be heavily involved in ministry. I wouldn't think you're crazy, but it's not where I saw my life five, six years ago. And, and all of that, that entire journey and the path that I'm on now and the path that I'll be on for the next 40, 50 years, hopefully, at least, is all the while going to have the Holy Spirit being poured in, guiding and leading and directing my path. So the Holy Spirit doesn't come upon all of us like it did the apostles in the room with tongues of fire and through a violent wind. And, the, or, you know, it's it seems to me, both of you mentioned that, and I kind of feel that way as well. It's it's a continuous process of the Holy Spirit always in work with us. Right. And that's the way I like to think of him. Alex is more like the advocate, the counselor versus the warrior that's fighting for him. But we're running out of time. So last concluding remarks of, of this passage. Uh, Alex, anything else that you see there that sticks out to you you want to mention? Oh, man. Romans, it's a great book. It is a great book. Daniel is just giving us a snippet. I would really encourage anyone to read it um, together, maybe in a small group or as a circle. It is um, the closest thing we have to a theological treatise from Paul. It's not that, but it's the closest thing. So, just spend some time, man. It's such a good book, and you could spend a whole lifetime in the book of Romans. Absolutely. Agreed, Daniel. So any last words? One of the most encouraging parts of uh, writing this sermon for me, and it's still a process. We're still working on it, and we're still diving in. One of the one of the most encouraging parts is seeing commentary from other believers and other pastors from all over the United States and all over the world. So I would encourage any of our listeners that as you're going through this passage with us, go find what his believers are saying. Go find what the people of God are saying about this passage, because it's been eye-opening for myself, and it's been amazing to see the difference between the theological discussions and even just finding where Paul is bringing all of this information from the prophets now to the present, to the people that'll understand what he's saying. It, it's been eye-opening. It's been wonderful to really just dive in um, and figure out all that is poured into just these five verses. Yeah, because Paul is talking to the Gentiles here, and he's trying to explain it to them. But in my, what I see in those first five verses, in the first part, I see faith. In the middle, I see hope. 
And at the end, I see love. And the greatest of these is love for me. Love. There There you go. Faith, hope, and love right there, all in five verses. Well, that's it for today. Daniel, thank you for joining us today and giving us your insight. Uh, Good luck on Sunday. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Good luck to all the graduating uh, seniors and wherever they're headed off to, whether that be school or work or or who knows, uh, going on a mission trip or taking a a hiatus from school for a little while. Good luck and um, to all of those. And upcoming next week, we're going to jump back in the lectern. I think Duke will join us again. We missed him this week. And we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. And we're going to go into the book of Genesis. So please come back and join us again next week. Until then, goodbye. May the grace and peace of God be with you always and love Jesus as well. Alex, Daniel, thanks. Goodbye, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Goodbye.